0: Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Message. Today's message is entitled, Audacity, by Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. Now today, uh, I, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going I'm to preach a little bit today, if it's alright. I'm just going to open up my spirit. I'm going to preach a little bit today. I might go a little old school on you. So uh, please understand, I'm not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to say it's going to get hard-lined. No, 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 not about that. But I believe, I believe that our anointing is in His presence. There's nothing that anoints like the presence of Almighty God. And I, 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 I fight for, I preach for, I long for, I desire. I'm like Moses. I don't want to go another step if you don't go with me. I want to be in His presence. I don't want to go in front of Him. I don't want to go behind Him. I want to go with Him. Where He leads me That's where I want to follow. And so we're going to we're going to do that today in the name of the Lord. I'm speaking on a subject today called simply audacity. I'm going to talk about audacity today. And then I'm going to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 4. A lot of people are scared to death, this book. I am too. I'm a 65-book preacher. Revelation scares me to death, especially when you get over there between 6 and 19. It's pretty scary in those areas. Amen. <laughs> I don't know what's coming out of those vials and out of those trumpets. I don't know. But I just know it's not going to be good in some of those areas. But we're going to talk about it today. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 through 4 says simply this. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here. Everybody say, Come up here. In other words, come a little higher. And I will show you what must take place after this. And at once... I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Verse 3, And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald, encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. There were 24 elders. And seated on them were 24 elders. And they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. Revelation chapter 1, verse 19 says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Everybody say, write what you have seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. I want to talk to you today, take somebody by the hand and say, Pastor, preach the word to us today. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach the word to us today. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach the word to us today. Let me leave here a different person than what I was when I came in. And I love you, and you may be seated. God bless your hearts today. John, John the Beloved, who became known as John the Revelator, was on Patmos. He was exiled there for preaching the gospel he had, been, he had been put to death in a boiling pot of oil, and he didn't die. God spared him because God had a revelation to give to him on an island. So they put him on Patmos. That's where all the convicts were put, and they stayed there till they died. And so John was exiled there. They had a law of double jeopardy. They couldn't kill him twice, and so he was put on Patmos really to die with bull skin. But in Revelation chapter 1, the Lord appears to him and tells him to write the things he has seen and what things he sees now and the things which shall be hereafter. So John writes in chapter 1, that which he has seen, he saw the Lord, he turned and he saw the Lord. Chapter 2 and 3, he writes things which are, and that's the church age, he saw seven churches in Asia. And five of them had a message repent or else I will come and I will remove the golden candlesticks. But two of them God saw favor in. And then in chapter four, he hears a voice saying in the King James, Come up hither or come up higher, and I will show you things which must take place. Now, this is the part that I just can't get over, folks. I just can't get over. The Lord elevated John, whether in his spirit or ...or in his body, that remains in question. But I do know that there was another man in the New Testament named the Apostle Paul, St. Paul... ...who when he was stoned at Lystra one day got to visit what he called the third heaven. It was 14 years later before he ever declared that he was even there... ...because he was so humbled by the fact that he got to go there. And then there's two men in the Old Testament, one by the name of Elijah who performed some seven miracles... And another man by the name of Enoch, who had a son named Methuselah that lived to be 969 years old, and his name meant when he dies, judgment's coming. And the Bible said that Enoch, after Methuselah was born, walked with God and was not, for God took him. I think that when Methuselah was born and his name meant when he dies, in other words, grace is over, mercy's over, judgment's coming. Enoch decided it was time to walk with God. God bless our godly fathers that walk with God for their kids. Can you clap your hands for that? Amen. So we know of at least three men. We know of at least three men who've had visitations to the other world in the Word of God. And I think John got elevated whether spirit or body, it does not matter. He got to go. And, 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 and had the audacity. God had the audacity. After he elevated him to, into the heavenlies, he had the audacity To put him right in the middle of a worship service in progress. If you read chapter 4 and chapter 5, you'll see there was a full crowd there. We've got a full crowd here today. I thank you for being in church today at this 11 o'clock hour. There were four beasts. There were four beasts. There were 24 elders. There was a lamb. There was one on the throne. There was full worship. Not half worship. Not three quarters worship. There was full worship. They were saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. If I can be so bold today, I would like to ask this question, not to you, but to him. What kind of God is that? What kind of God is that? A God that is about to tell John all these terrible things that are going to take place in the world. What you hear, you write. What you see, you write. He's going to show him the Antichrist. He's going to show him the beast. He's going to talk about the mark of the beast, the 666. He's going to talk about the false prophet. He's going to talk about the seven terrible vials, And we could talk about all those. He's going to talk about the harlot to him. He's going to talk about the terror that's going to befall man. Can I tell you right now, I'm not a, I'm not a fear-monger preacher, but there's a lot of uneasiness in our world even now. Is anybody on this page with me? There's a lot of stuff happening in this world right now. And I believe that the Spirit of antichrist doth already exist so don't put me in a pre-trib or a mid-trib or a post-trib mode I'm not going to take any of them I just believe that it's going to be pan-trib it's all going to pan out if you know Jesus Christ amen and so bottom line is but but when before he does this to John before he shows John all these terrible things and all these horrible things and all this stuff that he's going to have to write about he has He has this audacity to put him in the middle of a worship service, going full blast, and there's spirits there, and there's elders there, and there's voices there, and there's rainbows there, and there's jasper and there's sardine stones there, and there's crowns. And those four and twenty elders take their crowns, hallelujah, and throw them, put them down at the feet of the one that redeemed them. It's a big time worship service. It's in heaven. It's as if the Lord is saying to John, are you ready for this? He said, John, there's a lot of things that's about to happen in your future that you will not understand about it when you get there in your tomorrows. There's a lot of things that you will see that may try to throw your faith. There's a lot of things you'll have to write that you will scratch your head about. So as God, I am giving you my very best. I'm putting in you and you the very best that I have. Raising the dead is not my best. Healing a blind eye is not my best. Unstopping a deaf ear is not my best. My best is when you get the opportunity to come into my presence with a full-bore worship session going on. There's not anything. Oh, somebody help me right now. There's not anything greater. There's not anything more powerful. There's not anything more grandiose. There's not anything more glorious than to be in the presence of the God that made it all. John, welcome to my best. Get ready for your tomorrow. Welcome to a worship service where God is present. Hallelujah. This is my best. Nothing tops this. So God is saying simply, I know who I am. And I know what I can do for you. And he's also saying, and I know who you are. And I know what you need. There's people here today that families are falling apart. There's folks here today that need healing in their bodies. There's people here today that need to be revived in their spirit. There's folks here today that need a job. There's people here today that need a monetary blessing. There's people in this house that need things to happen in their family almost overnight because your family is going blitzkrieg on you and you don't know which way is up. But I'm telling you, it does not matter what you need. There is a God that is so audacious. He knows what he can do. And it doesn't matter what you need. If you'll just get in His presence, there's nothing greater in all the world that He can give you than the presence of Almighty God in your life. Pop your hands and rejoice to that right now. Hallelujah. And nothing prepares you for tomorrows in your life like a worship service with the Heavenly Father. Somebody say hallelujah. That's in my notes right there. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you are starting to understand why we worship like we do on Sunday mornings here at CLC. It might be outside the limits for some of you that's come from diverse religions and diverse churches. We are an interdenominational church and we take labels off here. But we do preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And we believe that we have a Heavenly Father that loves us. And we believe the Holy Ghost is working in our lives right now. Amen. And I declare to this congregation this morning, we do not live in a heliocentric universe where the earth revolves around the sun. We don't even live in a geocentric universe with the sun revolving around the earth. This church, we live in a theocentric universe. The Lord is almighty, and he's the center of all of our lives. Somebody clap your hands and say hallelujah to that. We, are, we believe that this is a place where God is worshipped. And on this day, the day we honor resurrection, even though it's not Easter, the beginning of your week, the first day of the week, the first day of your tomorrows, he invites you to the throne room today. He's saying if you want to get a little higher, come on up. And I'm not talking about flesh getting there. I'm talking about our spirit rising up. Because there's nothing, you hear me, there is nothing greater than the presence of God. To get you ready for any tomorrow in your life. Clap your hands real big for that. So the God we serve is a God that wants to get involved in your worship. It's not just worship to worship. We don't worship worship. We worship the God of glory. We praise the God of Israel. We magnify him for he has done great things. And to the final from Adam's Call of where art thou to the final call in Revelation when the Lord says through John. The spirit and the bride say come. Let him that heareth come. If you're thirsty come. And whosoever will let him come. Yes, God has the audacity to say about himself. Write this David. Write it for all persons. And here's what David said. In my presence is fullness of joy. And at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. So there's three things I want to tell you right now. Number one, we need the presence of God in our life this morning. You agree with that? Say amen. Come on, shake your head. Just, if, if all you can do is give me a Baptist nod or a Methodist cough, just give me something, all right? Just give me a little nod there, Okay. we but we need the presence of God because in his presence is fullness of joy and we have gotten to a place in our in our Christian culture that we think we just come in and kind of salute God and listen to a good sermon and go home no 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 Jesus Almighty Jesus the great one that came and died for us Jesus the resurrected Savior Jesus the one that's coming back to get us absolutely deserves more than just a nod here today he deserves more than just a nod here today he deserves somebody to clap his their hand he deserves somebody to say hallelujah. He deserves more than you could ever imagine in your life today. Because he has done great things in our life. In his presence, we got to get there because there's joy there. And the Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we get in his presence. We get fullness of joy there. And joy of the Lord is our strength. So the joy that you get in his presence becomes the strength for tomorrow tomorrow. In your life Amen So he is Emmanuel Say God with us He's Jehovah Olam Say the everlasting God He's Jehovah Shalom Say my peace He's Jehovah Jireh Say my provision He's Jehovah Shaddai Say the all sufficient and powerful one He's Jehovah Sidkenu Which means our righteousness Say our righteousness He's Jehovah Shama Say he is there He's Jehovah Elyon Say he's the most high He's Jehovah Nisi, say my banner. He's Jehovah Rapha, say my healer. And he's Jesus Christ, my Savior. Need healing? I got him here for you today. Need salvation? He's in the house today. Need somebody to help you? The Lord's here right now. Need somebody to wave a banner? He's for you today. Let me further prove the point of God of this audacity. There's two innate objects, two innate objects in the Old Testament. I want to preach about these now. Stay with me. Two innate objects that were in the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you have studied the Ark of the Covenant, you that are new to church, you don't probably know what this is. The Ark of the Covenant was just simply a box to everybody else. But to the Israelites, it represented the the presence of God in the Old Testament. And when the Israelites took that Ark of the Covenant into battle, the enemy fiercely were afraid. Because they knew that God was coming with the charges. <laughs> and they usually took the Ark of the Covenant out first. They really, really did. Behind the praisers. But bottom line, that Ark of the Covenant represented the Spirit of God. So one day there was a fuss in the Old Testament. You can read about it in Joshua chapter 17. There was a fuss in the Old Testament who was going to be the leading tribe, who was going to have the banner of being the leader. And and the Levites had stood for righteousness back a few days ago, a few years ago, and so They were chosen. There was a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of hurt in the in the in the corporation of the Israelite in the middle of the wilderness. And so Moses said, I want all you guys to bring your walking sticks. Now you got to get this: an innate object, something with no soul, no mind, no power, just a walking stick that's been passed down from generation. It was probably slick from the perspiration of a grip. It was probably so old and wore out. It was probably, it had dirty, dirt on the bottom, probably had worn out on the bottom. And, and it was, it was an, old, an old almond stick is what it was, an old almond rod. And it was, it was old and it was decrepit and it was, there's nothing there. And 12 rods were laid up by the Ark of the Covenant one night. You listen to me, one night. And the next morning, are you ready for this? The next morning, Aaron's rod, Aaron's rod had produced blossoms. What's this now. Had produced buds, had produced leaves, and had produced full-grown almonds in one night. You know where it was? It was laid up by the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It went there as a dead old dry stick and woke up a garden. No, you're not getting me just yet, but you're going to get me. Some of you have walked in here a dry old stick and saying, Lord God, what can I do to get a touch from God? Get in his presence. You'll wake up in a little while, a garden. You'll be more than you've ever imagined in your life. One day, one night in the presence of God. Then we've got this thing called manna. Another story, another story. Manna fell for 40 years in the wilderness. Manna, you know what it means? What is it? That's what it means. What is it? They couldn't figure it out. It's little coriander seed. When they first tasted it, it tasted like honey because God was trying to get the taste of Egypt out of their mouths. So he put some sweet in it. But when they got closer to going into the promised land, he changed the taste to fresh oil. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) He said, I want you to eat some anointing. I want you to get some anointing in you. I'm tired of just giving you patty cake, patty cake baker's man. Roll him and roll him and throw him in a pan. I want to give you some anointing because you're going to go in and conquer things that you never thought you could conquer. You're going to be blessed by the hand of God like you never. And I want you to eat this oil. I want you to eat it. I want you to ingest it. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit today. God said, I want to put this in you. I want this Holy Spirit to get in you because it's greater than anything in the world. Now watch this. When, When the Lord sent that manna and it hit the ground. If they didn't if they didn't if they didn't uh, harvest it by a certain time when the sun got hot put it up there when the sun got hot the bible said it melted. You, you see that? It's in the book. It melted. So they had to get up. You got to get up off your lazy bones. You got to get up. God never hands blessings in the laps of luxury and laziness. You got to get up. If you want something from God you got to get up. You got to show him that you're trying to get in his presence. Amen. So, it melted. Now, once a week, once a week, God sent enough for two days. But, if they did not eat it the day that they got it, they got enough for the day, and God gave them more the next day, worms came in it. But watch this now. you got to get this. Lord, this is so tough. The only manna that never melted was manna that was gathered and put in a pot, and the lid was taken off the mercy seat. And that pot of manna was put down in the Ark of the Covenant. And the lid was placed back on. And that lid represented God's mercy in His presence under His mercy. And that manna never got old. It never got crusted. It never got worn out. It never tasted bad. They continued to have that manna because manna in the presence of God under his mercy never rots it never wears out it never goes away oh i got to preach right now i got to preach right now if almighty god can do that to a stick and to manna and absolutely change the whole dynamics of what that stick is and what that manna will become what do you think he can do to a child of god that walks in this house And says, I need a healing. I need victory. I need a touch. I need your glory. I need my house saved. Oh, I know I'm old school today. But I'm preaching. Somebody needs to get in the presence of the Lord. For you that's waiting on a Baptist sermon, come next week and I'll give you one. Listen, if God can do that to a walking stick and to a pot of manna, look what he can do for you. Okay, I'm going to say a statement and I want, to say, I want you to repeat, he is worthy, okay? So I'm going to say something. You're going to say he is worthy, okay? You ready? There's never been a battle he couldn't win, there's never been a burden he couldn't lift, there's never been a disease he couldn't heal. There's never been any loneliness he couldn't comfort, there's never been a doubt he couldn't destroy There's never been a problem he couldn't solve There's never been a devil he could not conquer Never been an evil habit he could not break Never been a marriage he could not mend Never been a child he can't restore to their parents Never been a mountain he couldn't move Never been a river he couldn't ford Never been an evil spirit he couldn't tame Never been a church he couldn't revive (laughs) Never been a soul that he couldn't touch. Somebody needs to give him some praise right now. I'm not preaching for me, I'm preaching for him. Let me hurry let me hurry I don't I don't want to hold you much longer but I I got some more stuff everyone in John 4 I mean Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 was involved in what was going on there was no such thing as just lookers everybody was involved the work of the spirit in our lives is in three stages Number one, the manifestation of Himself to us. Everybody say, to us. Yes. Number two, the manifestation of Himself in us. Say, in us. Yes. Number three, the, manifest, the manifestation of Himself, say, through us. through us. The general population of the church is satisfied to see the manifestation of God. Yes, sir. And what God wants us to be is to be the manifestation of God. These signs, oh hallelujah Shall follow them that believe They're not going to see miracles They're going to be Somewhere in here there's some preaching I don't know if I'm going to find it or not But somewhere there's some preaching in here They shall cast out devils in my name They shall speak with new tongues If they take up any deadly thing It shall not hurt them Hallelujah Hallelujah, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. A woman walks into Jesus one day. Her name was Mary. Jesus is in a room with all men, all men. And she breaks this men barrier. She walks in. She's got an alabaster box. It's full of costly ointment. She has spent a fortune to put it together. And she walks in to a room full of men, unashamed, uh, not embarrassed at all, and breaks, not opens and pours, but breaks that alabaster, breaks it, breaks it. Mm. Pours it on his feet and dries his feet with her hair. Now watch this. She, She became the bee person. She became the manifestation. But sitting there was Lazarus. Are you listening? Lazarus, who had been arisen from the grave, dead four days, stinking. He was sitting there. Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Many think Simon the leper, that was his house, was sitting there also. And he said, could not this have been sold and given to the poor? And then Simon, the leper, who had been cleansed of leprosy. Can I talk to you? A disciple. A man raised from the dead. A man healed of leprosy. Sitting there watching a manifestation. I'm here to declare to you right now. It doesn't matter if God's done something little bitty or something great big. You don't need just to be watching manifestations in this house. You need to be the manifestation. Anybody got any oil to pour on his feet today? Come on, let me talk. Anybody got any praise to give him today? Anybody got any worship to give him today? Anybody got any thought process to give him to anybody? Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 22. David had 400 mighty men. They came to a cave to him in, a, in, in Adalim. And all had been helped by the same king. They were men in distress. They were in debt. They were discontented. But they all had a testimony. I, I, I hate to do this, but has anybody got a testimony here today? Oh. I'd rather have a testimony than a title. I'd rather... I heard, I heard a great African-American preacher preach one time said, some people looking for titles, I'm looking for a testimony. I'm here to tell you, anybody got a testimony in this house? Has the Lord ever done all? Oh, has the Lord ever done anything for you? Did he bring you out when you was lost? Did he heal you when you were sick? Did he touch your blind eyes when you couldn't see right? He'd do something for you. They all had a testimony, but of the 400, only 37 became chief. They were called the mighty men. And of that company, only three were called the most mighty of all. 363 saw the manifestation, 37 became the manifestation. What I'm saying is, we need people who just doesn't ascend to the presence of God. We need folks who dwell in the presence of God. Bible says in Psalms 23 He who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place verse 4 he that hath clean hands and pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully I love people that ascend to his presence but there's another level another step another realm Psalms 91 and 1 says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty two words put them up there ascend and dwell some people ascend every Sunday morning but they don't stay there They go back down to the world on monday they become beguiled and cheated and 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 misguided by the world on monday and they struggle through life and the reason is because they're ascenders they're not dwellers see i don't think that praise and worship is something we just do in church i think it's something that we live every day i think we need people that dwell because when you dwell if a man chooses to dwell Here's a promise for that man. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Here's what I want to tell you. It doesn't matter how bad life gets tomorrow, how bad it gets on Tuesday. If you'll do more than just ascend here today with your praise. If you'll do more than just ascend and try to get in his presence just for a little while. But say, Lord, I'm taking your presence home with me. I'm taking this glory home. I'm going to dwell in your presence. David caught that. David caught that. I want to show you some scriptures that David wrote. Watch this. Psalms 119. He said, seven times a day I'm going to praise him because he's righteous. Psalms 119.62. He said, at midnight, I'm going to get up and give thanks. Lord, his wife probably was saying, get back to bed, David. What are you doing? I'm just having a Holy Ghost time right now, honey, if you don't mind. Psalm 55. He said, evening and morning, and at noon will I pray, and cry aloud, and he hears my voice. He finally got a hold of it. In Psalms 34, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times somebody want to clap your hands that? I just want to get up in the morning I'm going to go to bed at night I'm going to praise him in the morning I'm going to praise him at noon I'm going to praise him in the afternoon I'm going to praise him at night because there's nothing greater than in his presence God has the audacity to believe that he can help me in my situation if I stay and dwell in his presence Thank you for letting me preach to you today. John's worship service lasted a while. I'm almost done. About another three hours. He didn't just ascend, he dwelt. He was never the same. He wrote 14 chapters of grief and woe and trouble and pain and sorrow, and he saw it all. And yet in chapter 19 of Revelation, he's still standing It hadn't whipped him. It hadn't defeated him because God gave him his best before the worst came in his life. That's why church is so important on Sunday morning. That's why this praise band is so important on Sunday morning because they bring the glory of the Lord down on this church. They bring it. And you need to get into it. You need to sing with all your heart. I love that song. Randy sings that song just for pastor. I'm going to sing a new song. Son, I want you to know I wanted to dance all over this place, but we had guests today from all around, and they might not understand me, a 64-year-old man. Pardon me, 44-year-old man (laughs) dancing all over this place. I love the fact that when Jesus came into my life, I started singing a brand new song. And John was still standing at the last of the book, he was set free to return to Ephesus. He died an old man of natural causes. The world didn't take him out. Getting in the Lord's worship service is pretty special. I got one little story to tell you, then I'm closing. There is a there's a, wonderful, a wonderful book in the Bible named Esther. Anybody ever studied Esther? Just raise your hand. Come on. That's good. You know, Esther didn't have God in it. The name God, Jehovah, not even Esther. It's like a bunch of people wrote a book so said, let's just write a little novel about what happened over here in Shoshan. But here's the beautiful part about Esther. There is a feast in Esther that takes place. It's called the Feast of Purim, P-U-R-I-M. And it's not one of the seven spiritual feasts that the Lord ordained. There's seven, four were optional, three were mandatory. And we'll talk about that later. But the Feast of Purim was the eighth feast, and the people created this feast. Amen. I'd like for us to create some feasts around here. The people created this, and you know what? In history, you'll read history books, the Lord allowed them to do that every year, even though it wasn't one of the seven that he ordained. And so the Feast of Purim is simply this. It's a feast of praising God because nothing happened. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh I got you now, don't I? Pastor, you know when trouble comes, you know I'll be here praising God. Yeah, yeah you got a willow in your hand, but you need a palm in your hand, too. You need when God blesses you and God touches you. But I'm going to, hear, I'm going to tell you, nothing happened. And the reason nothing happened, because Haman had these gallows built for the Jews. He was going to, he was going to execute them all. He's going to hang them. He was going to hang them because he hated the Jews. He hated those people in Sheshan, And so he was second command under the king, and he built these gallows. And on a particular day, all the Jews were going to be executed. But there was a man leading those Jews named Mordecai who was an uncle to Esther who went into the king for such a time as this. It's a beautiful story. And the king had a dream one night about somebody that protected him or somebody showed him some books and somebody protected him. And he said, wow, who was this? He said, it was Mordecai. He saved you from assassination. And so he brings Haman in. Now, you got to get this. He brings Haman in and he asks Haman and Haman thinks he's talking about him because he's fixing to kill all the Jews. And he said, Haman, what's to be done for a man? that has just served the king so greatly and saved his life. And Haman said, I'll tell you what I'd do if I was you, king. I'd get the best horse. I'd put your robe on him. I'd put your ring on him. I'd put your crown on him and I'd parade him through the streets and I'd say, Hell to the man the king has found favor in. And, and, and Ahasuerus said, Go get Mordecai and let's do that. And they went, they went and got him. I, I got to shut up. Because I'm preaching my head off here today. And they went and got they went and got Mordecai, put him on that horse, and Haman had to lead him through the streets. And Haman died on the gallows that he had built for the people of God. And so they had this feast called Purim. and it was because nothing happened. Everybody said I, I could have died back yonder, but nothing happened. You know, I was in I was in some pretty bad sin when I was a young man, but God spared me. Nothing happened. Sometimes when things don't, you don't see the ultimate miracle of God bringing you out, and you just all of a sudden say, wow, how did I get here? Well, I'll tell you how you got here. Nothing happened back yonder. You could have been taken out, but nothing happened. Why don't you praise God because nothing's happened in your world all week? Why don't you just praise God? Come on. You don't have to have a miracle of cancer. You don't have to have a miracle of God healing a heart attack. You just praise Him because nothing's happened. Come on, it's His presence. It's His presence. I don't want to ascend. I want to dwell in His presence. So I don't have to have anything happen. I can just have a normal day and I will bless the Lord at all times. Stand to your feet, everybody. You're awesome people. Clap your hands real big all over the house. Clap your hands real big all over the house. My, 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 my. Give me two minutes. Give me two minutes. Keep standing. Samson's a great story in Judges chapter 15. One of the best stories is this. Old Testament man who was a strong man when the spirit was on him but he was just an ordinary man when God's spirit wasn't there he was bound and headed to a Philistine prison and the spirit of the Lord came upon him and with the spirit of God God gave him a weapon to use for his defense it was a jawbone and I wrote here of a donkey the Bible doesn't use donkey the Bible says hmm hmm mm. And because you men don't think I'm manly enough, the Bible says the jawbone of an ass. But I call it a donkey because I don't want to embarrass the women in the house. But it really was the jawbone of a. Mm, mm, mm. And with that anointing of an old dried jawbone, he took out a, a thousand Philistines. Whop, 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 whop. It's amazing what happens in the presence of God. And when he got through fighting and winning, he was so tired, he just threw that jawbone down. Listen to me. There's some things you never cast off of you if it has brought victory a thousand times in your life. And all of a sudden, he got thirsty. He got a thirst, and he said, God, you're going to let me die? I've whipped these thousand Philistines. You're going to let me die? And the Lord said, pick up the thing <laughs> that you have cast down. And he reached and picked up that jawbone and out of that old dry jawbone, water started flowing like a well. See, I believe that. And Samson just turned it up and he drank the water and God revived him. Here's the point I want to say. Here's what I want to tell you. Water came out of the weapon of His anointing. You know what our anointing comes from? His presence. There's nothing like His presence. There's some people that needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this church and you're seeking a sign, you're seeking tongues, you're seeking all these signs. Let me tell you something. It's not signs that you seek. You get in His presence and I promise you Everything you want from God, God will provide for you. You don't just come down here and say, "All right, God, here I am." No. You get in his presence. Hallelujah. You get in his presence. You get in his presence. You get in his presence. I had a friend of mine that went to see a king one time in a very small country in the in the eastern area of the world. And he got a he got a he got a a, a piece of paper the from the king's servants that told him how he ought to act how he ought to be said when you walk in you never take your eyes off the one you're coming to see you never turn your back when you walk out you back out of the room you don't turn and turn around on the king of this country you got to wear a certain kind of clothes you got to have a certain kind of look on your face he said i don't want anybody walking in my presence with a frown on their face I want people coming here with a smile on their face. That's just the king of a little old bitty country called Thailand. But when we come into the king of kings room, I think it's important that we walk in and say, Lord, I need your help. I need some help in my life. Come on, I need some help in my life. Have I blessed anybody today? Has anybody been blessed today? I need some help in my life. I need some help in my life. I need some help. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit clcaustin.com.